Let me begin by saying thank you to the group here, the Gwens, and any that was responsible, if you will, for me coming. I appreciate uh, the invitation and your confidence, and hopefully uh, we'll do some justice to, to that. Let me also thank the Mayberries. Um, had a great visit with them. Um, uh, just a beautiful time together. Um, food was excellent, uh, but you've probably uh, found out, you know, it's so much better, tastes so much better uh, when you're eating with Christians, when you're around people um, that you maybe haven't even met before, which is our case, but just uh, what God has provided for us in Christ, mothers and sisters and fathers and brothers, um, is almost um, asking for too much down here. But we're thankful to them and what they uh, did for my son, uh, Rodney Jr., is with me, what they did for us. Before we get started, also, we have uh, one of our elders from the East Albertville Church of Christ, Mike and Gwen Pack, his wife, have also made that journey up. And I want to thank them uh, for their coming and for their support. Uh, and many of the brethren were wanting to meet you many had plans to come. Things came up, and I'm certain the distance had a little bit to do with that. But uh, we've been impressed. We just got acquainted with you, really. Uh, I know you've been working hard for years, but we've just got acquainted with you. And we're uh, thankful for what you're doing with the programs, the radio program, the online things that you're doing. Uh, just great work. Um, let me get started, though. If you happen to be visiting with us here, and if you're not a member of the church, um, I would encourage you uh, to listen carefully to what we have to talk about tonight. It relates to you. And as most, I'm certain, of you are members of the Lord's body, uh, this lesson relates to you and I as well, and I'd encourage you to listen carefully. Um, I will explain in a moment why I chose the lesson that I chose, um, but it's quite simple. There is a great day coming, a great day coming. Now, we just sang one of the more beautiful songs about what we long for, uh, heaven and the paradise that awaits God's chosen people, the church, when it ultimately gets delivered back to the Father. But what we want to talk about is the events leading up to that time. There are a lot of things that happen before we get there. We want to take a look at those things because they'll help us as Christians uh, to remain sober. You know, we're going to be judged too. 
But we don't have anything to be fearful of as it relates to that day. It's actually, as Paul put it, Paul said, For I know whom I have believed in, and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him against that day. You know, that day, the judgment day. That's what we want to talk about tonight. Now, we won't elaborate upon us being judged because we'll all have to stand, as Paul said, before the judgment seat of Christ. And we'll have to give account of ourselves before Christ. Now, that is enough, you know, to make us walk the walk. But that day, that great day, um, has so many things going on. I think it'll be worth our while to take a look at them. They'll encourage us. Um, there's some fear associated with that day without question, but it's uh, an enormous Great day. And we'd like to talk about it. Let me begin, as I stated, by why I chose this lesson. First of all, I really want to encourage the group here. I'm going to read a quite lengthy reading. And the Holy Spirit, Peter, says it best as we talk about this day, what it truly is for you and I is a source of comfort. You know, I think about my mom that has gone on. I believe she was faithful as far as I understood and knew. And so many that have gone on and that are awaiting the resurrection. You know, they're alive and well. Uh, doing fine. You remember Paul said, I'm in a betwixt between the two. You know, he says, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And Paul said, you know, it's far better, he goes on to say. And so they're in a good place, but they're awaiting that day, the resurrection. And we want to talk about that because, again, as we think about those that have gone on before us, and are awaiting that day, what they must be going through. And when I say going through, now they're better off than we are. I don't, I doubt if any of them would want to swap what they have for what we've got going on up here. But be that as it may, listen to what Paul said, if you would, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. Bear with me on the reading, uh, but Again, I can't think of a better way to spend time than to just hear what the Spirit has to say. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those that have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. 
See, there, there they are. You know, they get to go first. <laughs> and then we who are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. And look what he says in verse 18. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. He goes on to say, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destructions come upon them as labor pangs upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Now, he's not talking about us. <laughs> he's talking about the bad guys. But look what he says about us. He says, they won't escape. He says, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We're not of the night of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And as a helmet, the hope of salvation. And this is key. For God did not appoint us to wrath. But to obtain salvation. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, that's what Paul was saying, whether we live or die, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. So, why this lesson? To comfort you. Also, Jesus mentioned this great day. You might recall in Matthew 7, beginning in verse 21, Jesus says, Now many will say to me in that day. Um, listen carefully as, we, as he gives some insight into what's going to happen, like how it's going to come down. He says, now many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I'm reading from the New King James, by the way. Yours might say, you who practice iniquity. But the idea there is, here were some, and um, that had been acting without Bible authority. Now, all the attempts, even by brethren, it's amazing, to undermine how we establish Bible authority, our insistence upon book, chapter, and verse. Well, guess what's going to show up? On that day, Jesus says, many will say unto me in that day, 
See? Guess what? Guess what the subject was? No Bible authority for what you did. See? Can you see the claim they're making? There's a question they ask. Lord, what's going on? For you shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give account of the things done in the... See what they're... See what's going on? Now, I'm not sure they knew all that. They could have. You and I have the luxury of knowing exactly what he's talking about. They're having to answer for their behavior, their religious practices. See? And so, why anyone would want to undermine those insisting upon book, chapter, and verse for what we do? For all of our religious activities, it's just a bad game to play. It's a terrible mistake. It's going to show up. It shows up at the judgment. Now, imagine, you know, this is in the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking about what we know as the Beatitudes. He's saying all these things. And he says, now, many will say unto me in that day. You know, he's claiming to be God here. Now, they may not know it, but, you know, he's saying that every human's going to have to sit right here in front of me and answer. You see, many will say unto me. Now, he doesn't quite put it in those words. He's explaining, you know, here are some that's going to, they're going to be in a bad way that day. They're going to try to explain to me what they did in my name. And he says, you see, he meets out judgment. Depart. Now this is pre-heaven. Right? This is pre-heaven. This standing and having to answer for our behavior. Well, uh, Jesus goes on and he says, Now when the Son of Man come, and this is Matthew chapter 25 beginning in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in all his glory... You know, wow, you know, what that must be like. Well, look who's with him and all the holy angels with him. You know, we read in our children, we in our Bible classes, we talk about some of the behaviors of the angels. But I can't quite fathom the Lord showing back up in the sky with all the holy angels with him. You see, when the Son of Man comes in all His glory, see? Now imagine the, the atheists, the, those that have undermined, those, you know, just, um, it's almost too, you can see, it is just too late now. <laughs> He's come back. He's got more power than we can even imagine coming with Him, the holy angels. But it says all of them. And I don't, the Bible talks about innumerable hosts and things like that. And I just don't know. I do know there is a great day coming. Another reason I chose this subject is that an apostle started off his sermon, 
his Bible studies with it. In Acts chapter 24, beginning in verse 25, Now, as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, I wonder why someone would want to bring up the judgment when you're trying to teach somebody the gospel. It's important, isn't it? I mean, you know, we, man, there is a great day coming. Everybody needs to be aware of it. Felix, this Roman leader, needed to know about it. And it says Felix was afraid. And answered, go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I'll call for you. Now, I used to think that it was the judgment that made him scared. Do you think that? You know, it says in judgment to come. And it says in Felix was afraid. But you and I know that, you know, self-control can be quite scary. (laughs) And so can righteousness doing what's right. You could get hurt. I mean, it's all enough to make you second think things. But whatever it was, you know, it scared Felix. And the judgment should scare someone in his condition. See, he's outside of Christ. You know, he's a bad person. You know. When you really read what's going on, he's uh, just kind of faking it, really. Uh, it goes on to say, you know, what he's ho- he's hoping Paul pays him some bail money. Is what he, you know, he's got all kind of. But now I want you to think about, put that in, into perspective of that great day coming. You know, here's a guy. Now this is right. This is the world. This is why it was fun. And enjoyable eating with good people tonight <laughs> is here's a guy, you know, all he can think about is he's hoping Paul pays him some bail money. <laughs> Get a little money out of this thing. Now here Paul's talking about, you know, maybe the greatest thing he's ever heard. And he's got these little small thoughts about money and say, I hope he Maybe he changed. We don't know. But I think what I'll do now, I'd like to talk a little bit about why that day is so great. Now, we've, you know, that reading did it. But I want to start talking a little bit about some of these things this day brings. Every accountable person will have to show up. Now, we've already read the Christian, you know, our perspective on that day isn't one of fear and dread. They're they're sources of comfort. It's what we really have been waiting on. It's why we do what we do, what we endure, what we endure. And, and, and suffer long with others is we know. Remember what Paul said? 
I'm persuaded he's able to keep what I've committed. You see the, see what Paul's saying? The things that I've given to God, my time, my life, my actions, I'm confident he can keep them until that day. See? He'll have it made. See? If he can keep on keeping on. It's what we wait for. Even that giving of account. See how Paul views it? Now, if we're not able to say it, we need to get, we need to get it to where we can. That's the perspective we need. See, look, here's what the Mayberries, what they did today, greeting, providing food, God's got it. See, and, and it'll show up. Right? It'll show up on that day. See, so the all, if we can do those things, if we can hold on, practice those things, that day, you might say, it'll be a piece of cake. You know, it'll be a great day in that sense for us. It's what we've been waiting on. We'll stand, we'll stand proper, and things will go smooth for us. We see that. In Matthew chapter 25, where when Jesus comes with all his holy angels, it says in what he'll do, he'll separate all of them. All the nations, it says, will stand before him and he'll separate them. See? Goats, sheep. And then he explains, guess what shows up that day? Jesus says, when I was sick, you visited me. When I was in prison, you came to see me. And here, guess what? The good people says, when? <laughs> when did we do that? <laughs> when did we do all of that, Lord? And he says, when you did it to the Christians. When you did it to the least of these, my brethren. You see. Now that tells me a lot of times when we're doing good, we may not even know, you know, the consequences of it, if you will. But here it is. It shows up on that day. The kindness, see, that we show each other. It's interesting and noteworthy that it's not. He didn't say, you know, when you helped people. You know what that, you know what that particular judgment was? Christians helping Christians. See, these were the ones on the right. These are the good guys. And he says to them, see, they asked, they asked a question too. You see, they're having to give account. See, remember the bad guys over there in Matthew 7? Uh, did we not, you know, hey, hey, did we not? And he said, I never knew you. And then look at this question. Uh, Lord, when did we see you uh, sick? When did... When? You see. When you helped the Christians. When you did good to to my people. So, let's do that. (laughs) Because it's really going to show up. It shows up at the judgment. 
It's no, and God's, uh, just remember what Paul said. We need that, he's counting every single one of them. He can keep what I've committed to him against that day. See, when you show up and the books get open and all and the book of life is open and your name's there. See, you're in good shape. You know, you know just everything. Hey, and you get to say, hey, so look, uh, you, uh, Lord, what happened? Where we, when? Oh, you, you're fine. <laughs> you know, when you, when you went on that trip, you did, when you went on them trips, you did it. Oh, when you went to the nursing homes, oh, you're in good shape. You did it. You did it. You did it. You did it. It's going to show up. Well, what's so great about that day? Jesus said, uh, do not marvel in John chapter 5 at this. For the hour is coming in which all who are in the grave will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Look at this scene. I'm certain it's, it's probably not good numbers, but I tried to find out if anybody had any idea how many people uh, might have lived on the earth. <laughs> but it's billions. I'm confident of that. We got about nearly 8 billion running around now. <laughs> now what I can't picture is the Lord's going to be able to get every single one of them up. You tell me that ain't great. Now I'm talking about Adam and Eve and them's going to be there. This, this thing's go all the way back. Everybody, uh, he's going to uh, descend. And all will hear his voice and come forth. Now that's power. To get, just think about it. To get, get them all up. He gets everybody out and before him in some sense. You know, you know how I know it's a great day. Jesus says, now, what you just thought was something in the context there. He said, no, let me show you something. <laughs> he said, don't marvel at this. You, you see why we, there is a great day coming. Jesus says, don't marvel at this. Now, let me show you something to marvel at. He says, the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. It's amazing. It's actually quite amazing. We can barely get out of bed. Now, he's going to get everybody. <laughs> he's able to get everybody out. It's amazing. Uh, and we're thankful you know, there's uh, every now and then, you know, I'll, I'll think about the Hadean world. And I try to, there's probably not a week go by where I don't mention it to my son. I want him to be, 
one, keenly aware that to not uh, fear death, you know, that those, uh, when we die in the Lord, we're alive and well. You know, contrary to what the movies say, contrary to what the Jehovah's Witness say, we do not go out of existence. <laughs> Just, no. They got a, some surprises coming. One, when they die, there's two sides to that place you go to. Now, if you die like you and I hope to die, when we die, guess what happens? When the rich man died, an angel carried him to Abraham's bosom. <laughs> how much fun, you know, how, I mean, now you tell me that's not going to be nice, you know. Man, I don't, uh, but, but then it says, but then the rich man died and he lifts up his eyes and things don't go so well. <laughs> he's in a place, he's thirsty, he, you know, Abraham reminds him about his life. You remember? Now, you had a shot up there while you was on that side. So, you know, there'll be some surprises. I mean, if you think that, you know, when we die, we go out of existence or we're some thing floating around or whatever. Please don't buy into those things. That's one of the reasons we need these type lessons to keep those things, keep our children educated about death in this day. But those, our friends and loved ones, they're doing just fine. They're doing great. And another thing that makes this day so great is that uh, we'll all be changed. <laughs> Can you imagine? We're going to uh, get some new bodies. In 1 Corinthians 15, uh Paul says, behold, I tell you a mystery. Now, I'm glad the Spirit, you know, that's fascinating to me. You know, if if God saw, the Spirit saw, boy, they really concerned about uh, these bodies. See, he's revealed that Christ, the man Christ, he's in heaven. And when he, when Jesus was... Uh, resurrected, and then when he ascends, you know, they see him. The apostles watch him go up. And then Paul tells Timothy, the the man, Christ Jesus, is our mediator. See? So here he is fashioned in a way to be able to exist at the right hand of the Father. And then, but here Paul says, okay, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, beginning in verse 53, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. So right now, we're not set up to exist, you know, in heaven, where the, the paradise valley, we're not set up to stay there. So we'll be given new bodies on that day. How great is that? 
There is a great day coming. You know, where we get to put off what... I just had knee surgery. (laughs) And it hurts. (laughs) And you've had some. And you've had some. And you've had some. And... Uh, but we'll get to get rid of this. Just like the song says, you know, we look forward where there's no pain or anything along those lines. I'm looking forward to those new bodies. Uh, can't quite wrap my mind around what we got going on, but I'm all in. <laughs> I take it, you know, because, you know, it'll be built. I mean, it's built like the Lord will see him as he is. And we'll be built for heaven. Like we'll be set up where we, we find. It's amazing. Really. When we finally get to get rid of whatever this, you know, this flesh that we have. And that we have to live with and put up with and endure. But that makes the day great. And guess what else? I like it here, but the heavens and the earth will be burned up. And the Jehovah's Witnesses are going to be surprised again because <laughs> when I've studied with them, they said, now, no, Rodney, that burned up means cleansed. See? Purified. I said, no, it does not. Let me show you. <laughs> Let's read it. It does not. It, you know, Peter says it's going to be dissolved. <laughs> you know, it, it is not going to be cleaned up. <laughs> you know? It's going to be gone, man. (laughs) There is a great day coming. And guess what else happens? Finally, (laughs) Satan will get what's due him. You know, now we're not to wish bad things on people. On this side. We're not to, you know, hope people fall in the ditch (laughs) and hope they, hope they get theirs type thing. (laughs) But the day will be great because, um, you know, the personality behind all misery, the great liar, Jesus said, he's a liar. He was a liar from the beginning. He's a murderer. You know, he destroys families. He'll finally get his. John sees it. You know, John sees uh, Satan getting cast into the lake of fire. He sees the beast and the false prophet cast into the lake of fire. You know... If, if we've got that right, you know, just all the evil powers, uh, kingdoms, he, he sees all of that gets cast into the lake and, and preserves it for us to know that now on that day, he'll get his, <laughs> you see, I mean the source of it. The God of this world will finally get his due. All we picture now, you know, he, 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 
God says, now, where you been? He's, oh, I've just been walking around. You know, he's trying to kill me. You know, I've just been walking around, you know. And then we're told he's like a roaring lion. And we are. We, we're to be uh, careful of him. And he's real dangerous. And, you know, we've got these images. Boy, all he's doing is killing and cut. He's just doing damage. And then, though, John shows us. You know what happens to him ultimately? Ultimately, he gets it. I mean, for eternity. So he too gets separated for all eternity. And we can um, find comfort in knowing that God will avenge. You, you might remember, John saw images, the saints were crying out. When are you going to, you know, get these people back that did all this to us? But it'll be great in that sense that ultimately he gets his due. Well, what I'd like to do now is talk a little bit about the fact that who's going to do this judging? Well, it depends on what part of the Bible you read, actually. Uh, James 4 and verse 12 says, There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. In Acts 17 and verse 30, beginning, we see that God the Father will judge the world in righteousness by the man. Whom he has ordained. Well, who is that man? Jesus. You remember when the Son of Man comes in all his glory. See, see what this verse says? That God is going to judge the world in righteousness by the man. Now, I want you to think about that. That really gives a little insight into... Um, our bodies, if you will. He's fashioned. You know, uh, Stephen sees him. You know, Stephen, uh, when they're killing him, he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. God is going to judge the world by the man whom he has ordained. So there are verses that show clearly that God the Father, for God, you might remember Solomon said, let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Let's, let us hear the whole conclusion of the matter. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So then, Romans fourteen twelve says, each of us shall give account of himself to God. So, God's going to judge, God the Father... Vengeance is mine. I 
will repay, saith the Lord. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And yet we see, Jesus says, And many will say unto me in that day. So what do we have? Right? We have God, the Father, the Supreme One, judging the world through His Son. Jesus said in John 5, The Father has committed all judgment to me. So... Who's going to judge us? Well, God the Father. Who's going to judge us? Jesus Christ. You know, they'd both be acceptable answers. Because really what's going to happen is God, who set a day, is going to send His Son. You know, it's time, if you will. Or enough, if you will. Based on what you read. You know, God is not slack concerning His promises as some men count slackness. Uh, But He is long-suffering toward us. See? Now, we're thankful, aren't we? You know, uh, when we do wrong, and we do at times... We need to get on our knees and be thankful, see, that He doesn't show back up and catch us, you know, in a bad way, so to speak. You know, we can get in a really bad way. I've been in them. You've been in them. And we're thankful, you know, that we had, He gave us time to get straightened out, get cleaned up, get, get it fixed, admit it, you know, whatever. And we're thankful. And it works for us. You know, his long suffering in that sense. The fact that he's waiting, that he hadn't showed back up. You see? And it, it Felix had a shot at it. You know, uh, all of mankind. That's what this delay is about. It really just speaks to his great care for mankind and all. But without question, a great day is coming. I think as we are at the end, I want to talk a little bit about the standard that'll be used that day. Because this and this ought to encourage us. Now it's sobering. Because just take these illustrations we've talked about tonight. When you're having a discussion about Bible authority, just remember what we've read. It's going to show back up. You know, don't take it lightly because somebody says, show me the verse. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, that that bothers people. (laughs) It bothers some brethren. And that's just almost unthinkable. It is important. Why? Well, look at what Jesus said. In John chapter 12 and verse 48, Jesus said, 
He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I've spoken will judge him in the last day. You see the issue? You know, our lengthy reading tonight. <laughs> well, it's going to show up, you know. I mean, we, we want to be glad to read these words. We want to soak them in. And we want to, like the comfort that it ought to bring us, we want to embrace that. The words that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. See? When I was putting this study together, you know, every event like this helps prepare us for that day. Every Wednesday night talk, you know, a lot of times we're worn out from the week and maybe a young guy gets up and he does a little five minutes something. Well, guess what? That's going to show back up. <laughs> you know I mean? You might want to tune in, you know, you might need that. <laughs> you know, that part of it. It's important. If Jesus said anything, you know, look at what he says. Now the words that I've spoken... See, we'll judge him in the last day. So all the mockers, all the doubters, you know, just twist the word, cast it off, write different Bibles, write, you know, they did what is all. And, and Jesus is, you know, here it is. That's all of it right there. The words that I've spoken. I think what I'd like to leave you with is the fact is John's uh, scene over there. And uh, look at, you if you would, in Revelation chapter 20. And of course, Brother Gwen, you're getting antsy about now. <laughs> it's getting close, ain't it? I'm going to knock this out pretty quick. But look at Revelations here with me, just as we shut this down. Uh, in Revelation chapter 20, John uh, says, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. You see Bible authority. Lord, did we not did work, work, work? No. Wrong works. See, no authority. See, that the works are judged, but the works are judged by the things that were written in the books. You got to do what's in the book. <laughs> it's not just do stuff, you know. And what books are going to be open? Well, I'd like to submit to you that uh, Adam and Eve's book will be open. You know that when God said, "Don't eat that, don't go over, don't do that," that book will be open. Uh, 
Abraham's book. I want you to get up and go over here. And, uh, may, uh, over here. That book will be open. Uh, the Old Testament will be open, like the Jewish nation's law. Melchizedek's laws will be open. Cain and Abel's laws will be, the, that book will be open. Uh, for you and I, the New Testament will be open. See, John sees these books open. It, the dead, it, the dead's there, and everybody's having to get judged, right? And uh, I've heard brethren say for years, you know, that the Old and New Testaments will be open. They will, but it'd be a bunch of more books. Got to be more books than that. Uh, where there is no law, there is no transgression. You know what I mean? Like ju- you, you can't pull out Acts two thirty eight on on uh, Adam and Eve. You got to get their book. <laughs> You know, the one day went by, <laughs> right? So, and the books will be opened. Well, anyway, I hope we've said some things uh, and I, uh, to encourage you, to comfort you. And uh, if you have any questions here, Lord willing, here in just a few minutes, we'll entertain those. Uh, but we'll stand and sing uh, at this time. Thank you very, very much.